Welcome to a brand new episode of We Talled Soccer, a podcast by two United fans. I'm Caleb, alongside as always, my co-host, uh, Sasha... Um, vodka brand. <laughs> that's that's all I got. <laughs> I I expected more of you, uh, Caleb Zimmerman. Keeping it very Minnesotan for you. Yeah. A little, little German for my taste, but okay. Yeah, that's true. Uh, uh, how have you been? How was your trip? How was your camping trip? <laughs> it was good. It was uh, very relaxing, enjoyable. Nice to get away from the city. No, no fires were started that prevented us from having campfires and being able to smoke food. Uh, we did campfire fajitas one night, so that oh. was a really fun experiment. It turned out really well. You get these really crisp shells, but it was just just perfect. Nice. Yeah. Were they sizzling like they do in the uh, in the restaurants? They sizzled better. Oh, you know, better. <laughs> Oh, well, well, yes, not, not, not in the sense that you were thinking. I was thinking, you know, uh, like the, the cheese literally sizzling out of the fat, but no, like they weren't like the, the peppers and onions and all that the stuff wasn't sizzling, steaming hot like uh, you get from the restaurant. I was thinking for right mistaken there. Awesome. Yeah. Well, um, I, we had a, I had a little mini We Taught Soccer reunion with some former people who helped us, helped uh do this podcast. Uh, I went to the Weezer Fall Out Boy Green Day concert with uh, former uh, producer Nick and also the founder of this podcast, Notch. And that I was wondering, Sasha, what bands that you listened to when you were twelve would you want to see now? <laughs> <laughs> uh, honestly, gr- Green Day. <laughs> Would be one of them, and you know, Blink One Eight Two would be also be one of them. Um, uh, was I listening to System of a Down when I was twelve? I don't think so. I don't. I don't think I'd crossed that th- cross that threshold yet. You weren't one of those kids yet. No, not yet. I hadn't, hadn't gotten to my my emo phase. Uh, <laughs> but uh, that those two probably. Uh, my brother got me onto Panic of the Disco pretty early. I don't know if they had come out yet, but if they had, that definitely would have been one of them. I'd like to see now. Nice. Yeah, or Brandon Urie and whoever in yeah. his troop of whoever is following him. It's, it's the original <laughs> Panic of the Disco. It's like no Panic at the Dance Hall now or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, it was a really fun concert actually. Like the, the lead singer of Weezer was dressed really weird. Like he has a mullet now. It goes like down past his shoulders. He had the big like Buddy Holly frames. He had like a yellow bandana as like wearing as a headband, a twin shirt, short shorts, uh, knee high tube socks, and high top uh, Converse. He he's only come out of his like COVID uh, <laughs> hiding for this, and he hasn't gotten a haircut yet. Yeah. And I was like, that, that's like what he was wearing when they pulled him out and put him on the tour bus. <laughs> oh, and the big bushy mustache as well. Uh. <laughs> Fall Out Boy set a piano on fire. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. Imagine having that kind of money. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it was actually on fire, but there were flames on top of the piano. Okay. I don't. I don't know how they did it, but I mean, it was really yeah. fun. Guitars are expensive. Yeah. Yeah, it was really fun. Um, I did get home and to bed at like one in the morning which sucked but one the night concerts are weird 
that's one worth seeing. I I, I saw pictures that you posted. Uh, tar- like Target Field is a fun pl- fun place to go, mm-hmm. and yeah, those bands, it's a lifetime experience. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. If they ever come back, we'll go. You and me. That'd be that'd be a lot of fun. Right. You know, it wasn't fun to watch or go to <laughs> whatsoever with the loons this week. Um, two games, one the day after we recorded last week's episode, and then one on Saturday. We'll start with, I mean, the first one. Uh, Minnesota United 1, San Jose 1. This game kicked off at 9.30 our time, which on a weekday should be a crime against, is a crime against humanity. Yeah, definitely. And Sasha, you watched this game. So please walk me yes. through it. My my girlfriend Becca left the room right when that cross came in that uh, hit the inside of Debossi's heel, and nothing he could do, and it was uh, like an own goal. It, it felt so horrible because I that look on his face was just a look of pure frustration. Even though I don't think he, I don't I don't blame him at all for it. But it's like that we we you know, mm-hmm. gave up a goal early. Um, that in San Jose kind of blessed us uh, <laughs> by getting a red card. Nathan came out and fouled Debossi. Uh, this got reviewed by on VAR. Uh, it was originally yellow, got upgraded to a red. And he studs up, leg fully extended, and he, you know, he puts Debossi horizontally. Like, it, he's going pretty fast. Uh, and doesn't, you know, it doesn't look like he's playing the ball at all. So it's, it is a deserved red card. No, I don't think there's any debate about that from either side. Um, as soon as that happens, you know, Will Trap, who's kind of on a roll right now, even though he's not like a forward, he's scoring the most goals for us. <laughs> uh, he equalized. Um, another beautiful, like low, low shot, like like just another sniper shot. Mm-hmm. Um, that was like the last good thing of the game. <laughs> it, it really was. <laughs> I, um, Uno um, with the assist on Trap's goal, um, and then just. Everyone forgot how to shoot. We were like stormtroopers out there. Um, yeah. Just offensive ineptitude without Robin Lude, apparently. Yeah. It's disheartening to see who knew, like, not being able to break his curse when we're playing up a man. Like, that's kind of. I'm gonna say it's unforgivable in the context that we know what happens next game. <laughs> oh, spoiler <laughs> it alert! Kind of <laughs> yeah, um, I guess if you are a fan of San Jose, it was fun to watch Obasi start. He did have a like he's a very skilled player, and this is not a diss at our defense or midfield at all. But he like dribbled past like four players and he took it up the middle all by himself. Um, and the fact that he was playing with Jackson Newell, and I don't know they. They're highlight players. They're players that are fun to mm-hmm. watch. Obosi did end up scoring his first goal for San Jose against LA Galaxy. And that was a really fun game to watch, unlike the next one. Um, a continuing theme here for the Loons games. Uh, Minnesota United, nil. Kansas City, nil. The nicest rivalry in sports was not very nice, as you probably heard if you were anywhere near an MLS broadcast or Twitter at all on Saturday. Um, just extremely physical game, bunch of shoving matches. Um, a red card for Kansas City's Remy Walter after he like stabs Ray in the hip with his cleats, and like Peter Ramis was like upset about it. Like he was very like uh, 
a non-committal during the game. He's like, oh, I didn't see it, but whatever. I'll, I'll watch after the game. After the game, he's like, that never should have been a red card. He's playing the ball. I'm like, the ball left before he lifts his leg up to go for the ball. Like, I don't know how I don't see that, but it was it was a clear red card. He got him in the hip with, or upper thigh with his spikes. That's, that's a red card every day of the week that ends with why um did it help though no 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 it didn't um finley probably the best chance of the game uh point blank shot off a cross for the who by someone on the left hand side but saved by timilia um shouldn't have for hit the post um uno had a few chances to lift it over but if any of these players to lift the ball up half of a foot we win this game to nothing Uno should have stored um, Ardadillo came on and should have stored he had a one-on-one with Tim Ilya and just shot it straight at the guy's foot which bold strategy didn't work out this time maybe next time Juan you fucking wasted goddamn <laughs> def- uh, ah. yeah. stop, try- stop, stop trying to make Juan Ardadillo happen he's not going to happen uh, Patrick Weir did, did get to play in this game, so we uh, we got to see our young up and comer. But sadly, it didn't make any difference for us. He he got in a shoving match near the end of the game. That was fun. Um, Rich Master came on during second half stoppage time. You know, perfect time to put on a sub there, Inchi. You fucking moron. Well, this will change the game. There's five minutes left. Ugh. So, um. I, I remember what I I was, I still am really. I watch a lot of Gopher hockey, and my senior year, I think in the Big Ten, they started doing shootouts after ties have gone to overtime. Um, and every one of the players for the Gophers would try to do like a forehand, backhand, forehand, back to backhand, and try to flip the lift the puck over the goalie's pads, and they just stonewalled every time. There's no lift the goddamn puck with the backhand of their stick. And I think about that. Every time I see Uno shooting at off-center from the goalkeeper, just lift it over him. Lift it over him. You have plenty of space. No. Just shoot it directly in the line where Melia can get it with his foot or his leg or his lowered hand. I mean, it's the racist hand at all. It was just garbage. And I don't know how you fix it. It's if it's a mental thing or if it's a directions thing from the coach, which we might get into a little later. Um, Sasha, congratulations! You're the new coach of Miss United. How do you fix this? <laughs> um, I'm going to be calling out some players here, and I want it to be made clear: I am not saying these players are bad. One, if, fact, if, you, if you say his name, I, I would say he's bad. <laughs> He is bad. Uh, I think he, these players are getting not played in their optimal way. And so, like, I'll start with Hassani Dotson, who's starting out. He's our winger, right? And how many positions are you going to ask this kid to play? He's not – he, he is a 100% skilled kid guy, but he is very much a direct player. He is not the He's not the guy who crosses the ball in. He's the guy who gets the second ball or makes a run for the first ball, you know, or, like, or you know, he is the transition player in midfield. He's not Chase Gasper who can – who 
way bigger dude who can hold up several players in the corner to get the crossover, right? Like, Debassi's skill comes from his speed and, his, and when he's small. So, like, our play style, he's not being utilized properly. That's one one of the big changes. Yeah, and, and looking at, you know, I mean, we have a winner shortage due to injury at this yeah. point, but Dotson on the left isn't the answer. And taking him out of the middle makes our midfield much less attacking. So, mm-hmm. Will Trap is the, now the guy supposed to go attacking. Ozzy's going to stay back. And Will Trap, yeah. even though he stored in San Jose, is not attacking menta- doesn't have an attacking mentality to his game. Yeah. Or not as much as Sonny Dotson. You can't create as much as Sonny Dotson. So you, you that so that part of the of the field is no longer poised to be dangerous outside the box. You don't want Ozzy in the box trying to go for headers or volleys or anything. Um Yeah, why why not start McMaster or Weya on the left and keep Dotson in his best position on the field which is midfield yeah yeah any other ways you would go about pitching this debacle if we could start loot on the right but that's not an option see and i don't think and that's the thing i'm not calling out finley as a bad player i think once again you don't get the most out of him by starting him um even though he can play pretty well for 70 minutes he's most dangerous if we throw him in with 30 minutes Mm -hmm. left even especially in a game where we're up a man, think how much more useful we have like a full uh, arrested Finley versus anybody. Like I think that could also be a goal. Um, if, I definitely think he's good for an assist when we're up a man. But fucking hell, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> you, you need someone again. Nico Hansen was injured, yeah. and those two either Ethan Finley started and Nico Hansen coming on or vice versa is dangerous for teams. You saw Nico Hansen make. Plenty of waves off the bench. And we've seen Ethan Finley make plenty of waves off the bench. And when you're playing Ethan Finley for 90 minutes after 90 minutes after 90 minutes, he's going to lose a little bit of his his edge because he's tired and hasn't gotten any rest. Um, so just with the team we have, or what team we had on Saturday in Kansas City, um, what changes do you make? Um, what substitutions do you make? And I mean, I'm guessing you made them earlier than Heath did. I think the yeah. first one was in the 70th minute. Yeah, I think I might even start Jacory Hayes, but maybe start him in start him in the center. He is he also can get up the field very quickly. I think he could he could do a lot to destroy a Houston defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, their their defense is not that good. I think he get between he could get between both center backs and score himself if so, he needed to. So I think Hayes for yeah. either Ozzy or Trap. I mean, I think yeah, probably Ozzy. Yeah, yeah. You, you, and then just ask Trap to sit back. Yeah. I mean, I I don't know if I would do that at the beginning, but especially after the red card and the offensive ineptitude that we saw, you want something from your midfield, and that you take off Ozzy, bring on Jatori, maybe in the sixtieth minute. Story can drive that midfield. Is it for most of Kansas City? It was from the wings that we were playing, and a deficient figure that out easily. It's easy to defend once you know nothing's dangerous from the mid from midfield. Yeah, and I and I know that the SKC is having a better year, which is it's crazy to say from two years ago when we were like we were laughing at Graham Zusi 
playing right back every week, right? We're just like <laughs> we it was were. like yeah, this was like a highlight reel of, of blunders. Now this is a very serious defense with a more even more intimidating offense, right? Whatever you know, three year plan they've gone through, uh, it's worked. So yeah, they yeah they they were able to be like, hey, let's just bunker down, right? We're tall enough. We win the we win the header game, right? Or you just block the shots that come in, and it's so easy to, when we're doing Minnesota cross mode. Because <sighs> we haven't seen Minnesota cross mode since the TCF days. Um, it doesn't get any better <laughs> for the Loons in terms of uh, injured list um, yeah. for the Saturday's game at Houston. Um, out with injury are Reynoso, Lude, Fridapane, McMaster, Hanson, Gradush, and Artadello. Um, Debasi is out due to suspension. He got a yellow card in the Kansas City game, so due to accumulation, he's set out one game. Um, comes at a great time. But um, some reinforcements could be in the works. Um, Fernando, Adi, and Mutuele Atale um, are, training, are, are currently training with Minnesota United. Um, Adi spent most was most recently with Columbus. Um, you remember him um, scoring, I think, 50 goals in total with Portland a few years back. Um, he was probably the one of the best directors in MLS at that point. He's 30 years old now. Um, Akale, who is 24, is a Minnesota native who spent most of his career in Spain in the Valencia, no, Villarreal youth teams and is currently under contract with Paphos FC in Cyprus. Um, he's, I think, right wing 10, or can play all across the front, except for a striker, maybe. But potential reinforcement, especially with injury crisis, probably needed. Um, do either of these names really trip your trigger at all? Just barely. <laughs> with, with Adi, with like you said, yeah, a couple years ago, he was, uh, he would have been a, a much bigger name. Um, I, uh, if history has taught me anything, is that you know Akali is twenty four, and he if he's young and has potential, then he'll be spending his time riding the bench, because <laughs> that's how we like to treat our young talent. Uh, you know, not <laughs> yeah. not develop them and put them in games. Like, okay, you know, we're we're coming off a loss from Tallahs, LA, and and yeah, we're going a loss and two draws, which have been pretty dismal. Fucking put him in the game, Houston. It's it's like a no nothing game now. It really does feel like it because you're not, you know. If we lose, then it's the fans are expecting it, right? But if we win with this youngster, then it's like, oh no, then maybe there'll be pressure from us that you have to keep playing this good player. You're, you're telling me that we're going to see a, a Patrick Wea hat trick on Saturday, right? You know, honestly, I, I I'll say we won't. So that'll be more likely to happen. <laughs> reverse reverse <laughs> predictions. We're so better at predictions. Awesome. Yes. Um, yes. This just came up on my Twitter, actually. Um, I forgot to put in the notes, but um, Aziel Jackson, uh, the third home drone ever signed for Minnesota United, has been loaned out to North Carolina. He made his debut tonight after the game. Uh, North Carolina's head coach, John Bradford, had high praise for Jackson's performance, saying, quote, oh, sorry. This is really going to piss you off, Sasha. He's a quick player. He's very good technically in terms of dribbling. And the guys at Minnesota United told me he's the best finisher they have there. He's like trying to trigger us. <laughs> he like knows he's, how to he's trigger the, best the fan base. Finisher we have there. 
So why aren't you playing him? <laughs> Sorry if you're listening to this on headphones. I even backed up pretty far from my mic when I yelled that. <laughs> what? He wasn't on the bench the past few games. Like, if he's the guy who can pitch a spot and hit... I, if he's scoring goals in practice, why isn't he fucking playing? I don't know, man. Uh, at least he didn't game time. We had to give him play time. We had to give him play time before he goes over to New York. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, awesome! <laughs> so that's great. Um, also, probably didn't piss you off as well. Uh, Ethan Finley talked to uh, Michael Rand of the Star Tribune um, for a podcast. Don't know the name of this podcast that off the top of my head, but it's Star Tribune. You can find it. Um, um, Michael Rand asked him about the offensive woes. Here's a total paragraph from the article um, summarizing the, the interview. Um, when asked about the loon's identity, as, well, sorry, when asked what the loon's identity is beyond getting the ball to Reynoso and letting him do his thing, Finley hesitated. Quote, man, that's a good question. I'm not sure I can give you a clear answer on that. That's something, not a concern of mine, but something we have not clearly established internally or and even externally, he said. I think our identity for a long time has been a team that first and foremost is very tough to break down defensively. And I still think that holds true with some of the results we've, we've had and goals we've goals against that we've had. Where I think we don't clearly have an identity is the possession aspect and what we're doing with it. Our possession numbers are up from previous years. What are we doing with that? How are we taking advantage of that? And is it an advantage for us? For me, it's looking at those types of metrics and establishing if this is our best playing style and if it this benefits us going forward and how can we maximize it. We need to be better in the final third, end quote. So basically that's a player saying that with the ball going forward, there's not a whole lot of direction. They don't really know what they're doing. Sasha, on a scale of one to what the fuck. Um, how are you how are you doing right now? How are you doing right now? Good? You good? <laughs> uh, uh, my my life as a my time as an Arsenal fan has has prepared me for this. That's what that's what that was the that was the crucible that shaped me to be a Minnesota fan, <laughs> and not the other way around. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> so I mean, I thought our our four straight losses to start of the season would be the lowest point of the season, but this is just just seems dismal, doesn't it? Yeah. It's uh, it's no good outlook. It's, I mean, they, maybe it's not so much depressing as it just feels like we're like walking around in this in this fog blind, like we're a team that's blind, and that's not what you expect from a team that was so secure in their identity last last season. <laughs> just stumbling through, <laughs> just stumbling through week to week, game to game, <laughs> like. <laughs> And, I mean, giving the ball to Reynoso and letting him do his thing worked when he was an unknown quantity in this league. But now teams have video on him. And he's the most, like, fouled player ever. There's a reason. There's a reason he's out this Saturday. Because he got fucked up against Kansas City. Yeah. 
the... um, like besides the stabbing into his thigh, like Johnny Russell followed him pretty fucking hard. Yeah, and I'm sure there's plenty more, but those two stand out obviously. But where, where do we go from here, man? It just seems. I mean, I I started this podcast being like, "Yeah, we'll probably probably be Houston," but now we're going to win a damn rest of the season, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> that, that's that's not true. Like, uh, uh, we can be optimistic. Like, Boxall is back, yeah. which is it's, it's a nice feeling to have, you know, every, uh, the defense back, uh, in one piece. He, he was um, in fine form, getting into shoving matches on against Kansas City. Well, you have to when Johnny Russell plays soccer like a rugby player. Like he he's done that. We've known that on this yeah, podcast. I, I, Kyrie Shelton tried to get into it with Botsall. I'm like, someone should probably tell Bot uh, Kyrie Shelton that Botsall wanted to play rugby really bad when he was under, but was too small for it. And he's like six three, like two thirty. Yeah. Pick your battles, Shelton. Come on, <laughs> don't pick this one. Um, we spent. <laughs> Nearly half an hour on yeah. Miss United, and I don't feel good about it, but here we are. Um, yeah. There's a lot of MLS stuff that wasn't really that important. Um, it was a Heineken rival- rivalry week, but not all the rivalries were this week. It's weird. Um, El Travito was Saturday, so I guess I'm excited about that. Probably the Galaxy will win, but um, All-Star Game was last night as we record this. Um, against the Liga MX All-Stars, which is a nice tradition. I think it's a nice thing to do, have a partnership with the two biggest uh, North American leagues. Um, and MLS won. Uh, Jesus Murillo stored for MLS and Jonathan Rodriguez stored for uh, Liga MX. Uh, MLS won on penalties. Um, Ricardo Pepe stored the winning penalty. Great Sorry, great penalty. I think he had off the crossbar and in, which was nice. Um, Pepe then celebrated that. He's like, oh, man, I like beating players from Mexico by uh, declaring for the U.S. Men's National Team. He's like, oh, man, this feels really good, beating players from Mexico. I'm going to keep doing it, this time internationally. Um, he was choosing between the USA and Mexico. So, yeah, he's a very good young striker for Dallas who... I would expect to be in Europe within two or three years. Definitely, definitely will be. Um. Speaking of U.S. men's national team, um, Sasha, why don't you take us through the uh, World Cup qualifying roster? Yeah, Berhalter called up his uh, his squad. Um, there's only a few MLS players that got called up. Matt Turner from New England Revolution, who... Plays better for the national team than he does for the Revolution, but the Revolutions are still top of the East, so doing pretty damn well. Uh, George Bellio from Atlanta United and uh, Miles Robinson also from Atlanta United. I like Miles Robinson, despite which club he plays for. I think he does well for the national team. Uh, Walker Zimmerman also. That, I mean, at this point, he's a he's a staple in, in the U.S. men's back line. Uh, it would be a real snub if he wasn't called up. Um, Kelly LaCosta from Colorado Rapids. Having a, an amazing year in a player I wish we had. Uh, Sebastian Legette, womp womp. Uh, Christian Rodon of the Seattle Sounders, he he had a really good Gold Cup. Um, and then uh, the person we were just talking about, Ricardo Pepe, got called up from Dallas. Um, there are, home show, obviously, other uh, players from Europe. Everybody you you would expect, the Gio Reynos, the Christian Plizics, um, 
Matthew Hopp, though, of uh, Schalke, was left out, and I'm guessing it was in lieu of either Brendan Arison, who is, was formerly MLS, is now at RB Salzburg, or Josh Sargent, who made the move over to Norwich, uh, his transfer or past transfer window. Um, I I, th- I really think he does deserve the call-up, but you you speculate it might be for club reasons. Yeah, Schalke uh, surprisingly relegated last season. Um, long-time top division club in Germany. Um, may be just hoarding their players, their national clubs, to make sure they don't get injured and keep them healthy for the club season. That's very important to them financially and also staturally, staturally? as for their club stature in the game in Germany. Mm-hmm. Um, this team looks pretty strong. I think this might be the strongest three goalkeepers we've had in a camp since maybe like Tim Howard, Guzan, and... Maybe Romando. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's Romando's third. Yep. Joining Matt Turner or Zach Steffen from Man City and Ethan Horvath, who recently made the move to Nottingham Forest. Um, honestly, I mean, if you're going recent form, Matt Turner has to start. Yeah. Uh, Ethan had a game in the Terrible Cup against Wolves recently, and I regret I do not know how we did in that. Um, and Zach Steffen hasn't played for Man City yet this year. Um, he's not going to play more than a handful of games unless Ederson gets injured, which, man, that'd be great. Just so Zach can play. Not like any like a life-throwing injury or anything. Just like, keep pulling your hammy once every three weeks and then let Zach Stefan play. Um, joining, joining the three MLS defenders in the um, are John Brooks, who's at this point staple for the U.S. Yeah. national team. Uh, Serginho Dest from Barcelona, Martin Tenzi, who is now in Dank, Tim Ream, who somehow is still fucking coming in, and I don't know why. Uh, Anthony Robinson, also from Fulham, coming in. Uh, James Sands, oh, missed, uh, James Sands from New York City had a great oh, uh, had a, had a great gold cup for the uh, national team and didn't have a full top for the World Cup qualifiers. Is great. He's because he's improved so much and showed so much for uh, Greg. Triple G in that uh, tournament. Then DeAndre, DeAndre Yedlin coming from Galatasaray. Um, Tyler Adams and Weston McKinney round out the midfielders. We mentioned Aronson before. Also joining them are Conrad De La Fuente, uh, Jordan Pifak from BSC Young Boys in Switzerland, uh, Pulisic, who is currently on the COVID list, but they're calling him up anyway. And once he clears that, um, quarantine period he'll probably be flying over to the u.s um geo reyna because of course he's soon enough he'll, he'll be doing his 50th cap I'm like, oh yeah remember when you that is like ninth and tenth um and then josh Sargent, as you mentioned and timothy Wea, who is not related to patrick Wea, actually but they're just like family friends which is wild but also kind of funny no way yeah yeah <laughs> Um, a lot of a lot of Premier League teams and also uh, English League football teams are not releasing their players if they are going to play for or in countries that are currently in the red line or red for COVID, like Brazil. So a lot of players who will play in England that represent Brazil will not be joining them for their World Cup qualifiers. Um, there are some states in the U.S. where 
those numbers would qualify as like in the red, including Tennessee, where the U.S. men's national team plays their first qualifier in Nashville. So um, watch this space, watch the Twitter space, see what happens if the game is either moved or players aren't allowed to come. Because who knows that safety should always come first in these situations for players and community. Yeah. <laughs> who knows, man? Maybe we'll even have the World Cup qualifiers. <laughs> and, well, speaking of the EPL, let's move on to some yeah. painful news for one of us. Um, Chelsea 2, Arsenal nil. Sasha, Arsenal's in the relegation zone. How do you feel about that? I mean, my prediction's spot on. <laughs> the one prediction we made on this podcast that's spot on is that the Arsenal's going down. I'm so sorry. Uh, you know, it serves them right for trying to pull that super club bullshit. Um, mind you, I mean, Chelsea is just as yeah as uh, guilty of that, but I'm not a Chelsea fan, so. It's, it's, it's pretty funny that Arsenal thought they were a super club. I mean... <laughs> It's, it's 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 pretty it's pretty funny. Um, yeah. Liverpool won two nothing against Burnley, which in the grand scheme of things isn't even important because wham, with the exclamation point, beat Leicester four one. I think it was four goals by George Michael. Um, West Ham on top of the table. Best club in London. <laughs> I mean, the numbers don't <laughs> lie. Stop the count! Stop the count! Coming from okay. East London. Um, yeah, let's add a red card, but I think Michael Antonio also broke the West Ham record for most Premier League goals, which is like 48, which isn't like a lot. Because I'm pretty sure there's a bunch of players on both of our teams, in both our teams' history, that have way more than 48. Um, but good on him. Maybe he can probably add on to that quite a bit this season. Um, some transfer news. Harry Kane is staring, staying at Tottenham. Um, apparently, Jared Southgate thinks this is a good choice, I guess. I, yeah. Um, Man City is rumored to be signing Cristiano Ronaldo. Does this make any sense? Um, I'm going to say... Like, show... Leaking in or moving into our other bit of news with Manchester City, yeah, it makes sense in the context of you're losing one rapist and you're bringing in another, which is a very dark thing to say. I know, right? But there's a reason why we don't see Ronaldo in Las Vegas, uh, you know, right? Yeah. <laughs> but in right. Other, every yeah, in every other context, no, it doesn't. It does not make sense. Um, I'm really glad I wasn't drinking my drink when you said that because <laughs> I would have to get new equipment. <laughs> Yeah, I'm here for the things that ESPN won't say. Uh, <laughs> that should be our tagline. Team United fans, the things ESPN won't say. Which, I mean, isn't that bit of a drawing point? But come on, we'll take, we'll actually give you an honest opinion about Inter Miami. Yeah, they're bad. <laughs> um, I, I shared a video with you before we recorded of Jonathan Wilson, who I think is one of the smartest um, football writers. He's based in England. Um, wrote uh, inverting the pyramid, and along with a couple other. Um, notable fo- uh, football soccer oriented books um, <laughs> said that 
the movie that Cristiano Ronaldo will be hilarious, absolutely hilarious, because it'd be just a rich guy wasting his money, because he's slow and doesn't defend, and they just got and Messi just got rid of a striker who did that in Sergio Aguero, and now they want to bring Cristiano Ronaldo in, and, and it just doesn't, doesn't line up. Possibly part of the move to make space for Ronaldo financially would be to sell on Raheem Sterling, or send them back as part of a deal. To you, to Juventus. Now, Raheem Sterling's a player who is in, who is in his prime, not until end of his career. Um, as far as I know, pretty solid dude, like not a rapist at all. So, like, that's another check or another pro for Raheem Sterling, and just came off his best tournament for England. Yeah, definitely, I, and, and fits Man City's system. Way more than Ronaldo does. does. So that's yeah. that's four pros in <laughs> Sterling's column. When you, when you have a precog passer like De Bruyne in your midfield, <laughs> why are you changing like why are you changing out the guy he meshes with every season? Like they gave up Leroy Sané to Bayern Munich, which made sense as a trade. I understand why they did it, but it must have bummed De Bruyne out to suddenly lose that guy he had so much chemistry with. Right now they're doing. I think they're doing the same thing, but worse, with losing Sterling. Like Sterling, when he is on on form, is damn near unstoppable in the EPL. They're just he plays around defenders. He can he can score so beautifully. His, he has good feet. He can score. He's his passes into the box are pinpoint. When he yeah. like runs the end line and pulls those passes back, almost unstoppable. Yeah. Um, I, I would love to have him back in Liverpool. I was going to say he's as dangerous as Salah. They're almost like the same player on different sides of the field. I, I, that's how I see it. I, well, I just got really excited. You know, Come on, Jurgen, do it, please. <laughs> um, um, some not great news. You alluded to it earlier. Um, Benjamin Mendy, left back for Manchester City, is suspended pending investigation. He is being charged with four counts of rape and one count of sexual assault. Um Oh, I think all t- the allegations took place between August, no October of last year and August of this year, or April of this year. Um, terrible. Um, five different counts. I don't want to pass judgment, but with that number of counts, it's hard to think to anything besides guilty. Um, yeah. Obviously, he'll go through the English legal system which i don't know how that compares to the american legal system but probably not not very fast either um have you seen anywhere if he's suspended without pay or just suspended with pay he's just suspended i believe well i hope man city wouldn't be paying him hope they can find a way out of that contract and just release him because at that point do you want want to come back i mean no probably not um, we'll have any updates as they come available on this podcast. Um, there's no great way to transition from that news to the news we have next, but okay, I got this. There are some countries in Europe where Benjamin Mendy would be killed in the street for what he did. Some of those countries <laughs> are represented in this Champions League draws, which were today. Did that work or is that a little too strong? 
No, I think I think it okay, works. Cool. Uh, it's it's it, it, it's a big leap, and you you <laughs> took it. You t- you went and went at it like evil Knievel. <laughs> All right, did he die doing a jump? So, or? <laughs> 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 I'm very badly hurt. I'm I'm now trying to think of that uh evil Knievel like a uh, Canadian type character that was in Toy Story Four that's voiced by Keanu Reeves. Oh, I never watched that. Uh, Oh, okay. Well, anyway, there's a toy that does that's a evil Knievel, like a wind up motorcycle, right? And it's, yeah, I already said the whole sh- whole yeah. spiel, but he, it's pretty funny. All I think of his hot rod, and <laughs> he definitely died for at least like ten seconds. So, so uh, how many groups do we have? A bunch of groups. Uh, Sasha, I'm gonna take us through <laughs> the uh, Champions League draws, and I hear you have a tinfoil tinfoil hat to put on for these yeah um a couple of these draws are pretty suspicious i'll try to go through them quickly in group a we have psg manchester city that seems suspicious rebel leipzig club bruges all i can say is it's it's club club bruges year man they're gonna, <laughs> they're gonna be top of this group for no doubt everybody i mean uh, psg man city <laughs> potential ronaldo versus messi yeah. seems pretty suspect exactly yeah. Um, group B, we've got AC Milan, Atletico Madrid, Liverpool. Those three combined, that is suspicious and definitely going to draw numbers. I, I think it might be one of the mo- most competitive groups, seeing as the fourth team is Porto. I think group of death, and I'm not happy about it. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you guys come on, on top, which then looks really yeah, good. Like, we're just going to win the entire, entire cup, you know? Yeah. Uh, opposite of the group of death, I guess the group of life you call it, is group C. You've got Borussia Dortmund. Sporting CP, Ajax, and Besiktas. Everybody has a good chance to come out in second in this group, including Borussia Dortmund, who should come out, who should come out in first. Um, yeah, Group D. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, group D, we have Real Madrid, Inter Milan, Shakhtar Donetsk, and Sharif. Uh, I hope Shakhtar Donetsk can continue being the the upset here and like just just screw over Real Madrid. Yeah, I uh, I don't know. I'm trying to find out where Sheriff... I mean, it looks like... It's about like Sheriff. I don't know where yeah. Sheriff is. Tiraspol? That sounds like it's like Eastern Bloc. Um, I mean, their their badges, their their logo is literally a Sheriff's badge. <laughs> um, Sheriff Tiraspol's cur- current squad, entire squad, is worth 13 million euros. Um, Real Madrid's... I'm um, just a little higher... 700, 739 million euros. Oh my gosh, the disparity. It's, 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 not, it's, it's not great. Um, in Group E, we got Bayern Munich, Barcelona, Benfica, Dynamo Kiev. Uh, clear split who's on top. And who's, like, I, I think I honestly named off how it, the group is going to finish. Yeah, I, I really wouldn't... <laughs> yeah... It's, <coughs> sorry, it's unfortunate that Barcelona didn't did a tougher draw. Yeah, That's for sure, pretty easy. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Group F: Manchester United, Villarreal, Atlanta, and Young Boys. Uh, I I see Atlanta playing upside in this one. Manchester United might actually be the, the one who gets third in this group, and that would be embarrassing. That would be. Um, yeah, yeah. Does Villarreal beat them in the Euro League? Last season, mm-hmm. and Atalanta's, I really did. Young boys, tough draw. 
they probably bought him out this league. Also, uh, Sheriff Tiraspol is from Moldova, the soccer powerhouse of Moldova. You could tell me Moldova was the was the uh, country in. Oh, I'm blanking on that, on that. Uh, Borat. No. No. Oh, I didn't even think of the actress's name. This is really embarrassing. The not Ellen Enchanted. Princess Diaries? No. I think you are thinking of Princess Diaries. Princess yeah. Diaries. Yeah. I would believe you. But Genovia. No. And Genovia's top team did not make it to the Champions League, unfortunately. <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, Group G, we have Lille, French champions Lille, uh, RB Salzburg, Sevilla, and Wolfsburg. I think that's also like a whole group of underdogs that could be fun to watch. Um, but I, I suspect Lille and Wolfsburg will make it out I, I think it'd be a pretty competitive and fun to yeah. watch group mm-hmm. and then naturally the least fun to watch group but one that might likely have a champion will be group H with Chelsea Juventus Malmo and Zenit yeah, Malmo's year uh, man exactly Swedish it champs. is Malmo's year Nat- they are uh, when you're facing such a competitive Russian team like Zenit <laughs> uh, <laughs> St. Petersburg uh, yeah it's you know uh, no doubt um, who's won the Champions League? Who's winning it all? Liverpool. Liverpool. Oh, you, you dick! How dare <laughs> you put this on me? <laughs> I'm saying that on sincerity. Like they, if they can beat Atletico Madrid and and AC Milan, they're strong enough to win it all. Bayern. No, you know what? Screw it. I'll go PSG. I'll do the reverse change on PSG because I don't want them to win. There you go. <laughs> Um, the only person I'd be happy for would be Wijnaldum. And even then, I'd be like, eh, you already have one. Do you, do you need another? <laughs> um, anyway, um, again, apologies. I keep forgetting to ask for questions. Next week, I will for sure. Or Sasha will if I forget. Um, sorry. Um, but you can join our Patreon. Patreon.com slash T9Fans. $3 a month. Gets you access to our Slack channel where we bemoan what's happening to the Loons offensively, and it's terrible, and we all hate it. Join the despair. Anyway, um, also twenty dollars a month gets you a shout out at the end of each episode. Shout out to our lead commissioner tier. Shout out to Eric Olson. Love you, Dad. Um, it's like fifty-fifty. If I'll say I'll love you too, as if you do it of twenty dollars a month, so. It helps if you're my dad. Your love comes cheap. <laughs> it helps if you're my dad. <laughs> um, Sasha, where can people find you on the socials? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Alexander Sourceloth. You can follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at TWO United Fans. Follow me on Twitter at Real Caleb FC. Follow me on Instagram at Caleb Olson 716. Special thanks to the band Tectonics for use of their song Lustless. As our theme music, find them on Bandcamp, SoundCloud, YouTube, Facebook, and the like. I think that's it. Anyway, shout out to Suni Lee, St. Paul legend, Minnesota legend, U.S. hero, and shout out to the mad villain, MF Doom. Rest in peace.